talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis. And we recorded a pod for Monday morning, and so much of it does not matter anymore. So much of it. Just like so much of it. Because the biggest thing happening right now is Kyle McCord is in the transfer portal. Former five-star quarterback, third-year player, first-year starting quarterback, Little House, to an 11-1 record. And now he has decided to go into the transfer portal. And just, Nathan, it almost makes Ryan Day's comments yesterday for what well, lack of their comments when it comes to whether or not Kyle McCoy would not only be the starter for sure in 2024, but even if he would be so in the ro- in the Cotton Bowl, excuse me, on December 29th, this makes so much more sense now that we have this news. Right. So like the question that hasn't been answered as of, you know, 10 a.m. today, 1030 is the chicken before the egg with those comments. Right. And uh, did Ryan Day, and we've seen this happen in a number of contexts over the years, where we're asking questions about something and Ryan Day knows the answer that he can't say yet or doesn't want to say yet. It's not really his place to get up there and tell us last night. If he knows Comic Cord is going in the transfer portal already, not really his place to say it. I think he would let him do that. And at the same time, did the comments prompt Comic Cord? to make a decision about his future. And I'm not going to speculate either way. It could be some of both or some of neither, right? Like (laughs) there's any, it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? And we'll find that out. I think as, as time goes on, we want to get you guys, um, get our listeners, just our quick kind of raw reaction here this morning. But it was just, it does give some context to what was, what we were hearing Sunday night. And if you listen to our podcast that we recorded, I feel like I wasn't very eloquent um, about this topic because it was uh, just so unsettling, I guess, to to the whole the status of things, to hear Ryan Day talk about it that way, either because he already knew what was coming or as an instigator of what ended up coming. So I I, I think we were all a little bit unsure exactly how to read that? Was it Ryan Day simply keeping the level of competition, keeping the edge in the room? You know what I mean? To say, you know, nothing is nothing is uh, entitled to anyone. You have to keep earning it. Was he uh, actually communicating something to Kyle McCord? Was it, was it none of that? I, I don't know. But it, I, maybe I'm not being as eloquent as I need to be about it right now. It is just a thing that shakes up this team, right? You just had a guy who was, as you said, Stephen, um, eleven and one this year. He's twelve and one overall as a starter, but eleven and one this year has the ball in his hands with a chance to drive and get a touchdown against Michigan. That would, if they win that, they're the number one seed in this whole thing that's going to the playoff right now, right? Because they would have beat Iowa too. Like they'd be the number one seed in this tournament right now if he gets to finish that drive. And yes, it ended in an interception that I think everyone looks back and says was not his fault. Ryan Day was talking about protection issues on the last drive as being a contributing factor to why they lost that game. So just maybe the most stark and jarring reminder that Ohio State has had in a while of how quickly this can turn in modern college football. And this is um, kind of shocking here. Maybe it is still the right word to use, but not that uncommon across college football even for a player of this stature, because we're already seeing other major programs have had starting quarterbacks go in the transfer portal just this year. Some pretty successful ones as well, like Dylan Gabriel is currently in the, right. in the transfer portal as well. The transfer portal's got a lot of names in it, and we'll reveal, we'll get into some of those other ones after we get done talking about McCord for the next 45 minutes. But Ohio, there were some other transfers, especially in the secondary that happened as well that we'll get into as well. But Andrew, just sticking with McCord for right now, it's been a while since Ohio State's been in a position where its quarterback was potentially not good enough to keep his job. At least we were having conversations this way as if, like, the guy coming back isn't guaranteed to be the starter next year or even be the starter by the end of next season. And as Nathan mentioned, this is kind of normal at other programs, even high-level programs. I've seen this. Alabama had it happen with Jalen Hurts where they 
pull him at halftime of the national championship game for Tua, and they win the game. Kelly Bryant was the starter after leading Clemson to the college football playoff in 2017, then loses his job four years in it. Now, obviously, they're all specific because they're all on different timelines. But in your mind, when you're thinking about this decision, when you hear Ryan Day talk about the quarterback that position on Sunday, and chicken before the egg, we don't know that, but the way Kyle McCord played this year, the fact that they've recruited the room the way they've recruited the room, the way Ryan Day was talking about things on Sunday, even if it's a shocking thing to hear, hey, Ohio State starting quarterback is in the transfer portal, is it completely, is it completely shocking that the possibility of it could have been on the table at some point over the next couple of months here, depending on how things played out? Not... I mean, it's pretty surprising um, that it would be kind of on the table because, I mean, how differently are we talking about everything as it relates to Ohio State football if the offensive line holds and Kyle McCord's able to find Marvin Harrison Jr. at the 20-yard line and all of a sudden Ohio State has like 30 seconds to gain 20 yards against Michigan and they do that. Like, what happens if they complete that drive? Now forget the whole beat Michigan thing. Like, how differently does this Kyle McCord thing play out if Ohio State wins that game? They're, they're, they're just a fine line for everything. So it's surprising. I do think this is the way of college football. And I, I wonder how many like fans of other college football teams are looking here going, hey, Buckeyes, welcome to how the other half lives. Because th- this happens, right? Alabama just took a transfer quarterback because they didn't know who their starter was going to be. And they, they took a quarterback from Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner. He didn't end up being the starter. But they're... There, this this happens, right? Like th- this happens at a lot of other programs that they will take a guy because you don't know what's going to go on with the room. So it's surprising. I I look at the last couple of years of Ohio State quarterbacks and there was no need. And this is the first time that there was a real need and or at least there could be a need. There could be a chance to upgrade. You're not going to upgrade from a first round pick in Justin Fields. You're not going to upgrade from a first round pick in CJ Stroud. You it's just it's it's almost impossible to to do that, right? Like it's almost impossible to get a different quarter like if you th- unless you thought Trevor Lawrence was going to come to Ohio State over Justin Fields, who who else you getting? Let's hear it. It's the same thing with CJ Stroud. Who else you getting? I think you could at least make the argument with McCord there's room to get better and there's more or there there is more room for you know what the quarterback is at Ohio State to the absolute maximum ceiling of a college football quarterback I think that that's actually objectively true so it's surprising but this is just kind of the way that the sport works now and this is just kind of the way that that things are going to happen now but even in that context I, I like none of us showed up to the Woody on Sunday thinking Kyle McCord would be in the portal by no. Monday afternoon, Monday morning. 7.30 a.m. was when my alarm went off, and this was already, the college football world was already on fire. Um, like, that was not on any of our radars. And that's what still makes this, even in the context of Ryan Day's comments on Sunday, still makes this a, a jarring morning, I think, for everybody. and. It's not, it's, man, it's just such a tough, because yes, there were, Kyle McCord, you can look at the numbers, and I know that I brought this up at times this year, numbers aren't the only thing, that there is something to be said for what it feels like when a guy's on the field, and are they maximizing their opportunities, all those things, all those things are very true. But Kyle McCord was, by the most important metrics out there, and and whether you're talking about some raw stats and ratios, whether you're talking about things like QBR, was like one of the 15 best quarterbacks in college football this past year mm-hmm. like that's what we're talking about here that's the standard that is set at Ohio State is that being top 15 in the country is not good enough and I don't think we would say that about mm-hmm. any other position at Ohio State including right now wide receiver defensive end cornerback if you've got top 15 players at those positions demonstrably at Ohio State you think you're still doing pretty great even at those other positions where Ohio State is known to develop people, it's only a quarterback where the standard is this obscenely high. And the problem is, 
I think we might have seen this season that the way this offense is set up, it has to be that high. And you have to have that level of production maybe to have the kind of season you want. And we've come full circle here, man. It, I know. And I, I think what we theorized <laughs> before the season may not have ultimately turned out to be true. Now, there were other factors here, too. And that's the other thing that I keep coming back to with Comic Accord, because, like, you would presume that if Comic Accord is, even if he's having to compete again next preseason for the starting job, he's got healthy ankles. He would have a better offensive line than the one he operated behind this year by, I mean, almost certainly, right? Like, what scenario do we think would lead them to have a worse offensive line than they had this year? Um, You don't have Marvin Harrison Jr., and maybe you don't have a Mecca Buka either, but you've still got a lot of talented weapons. I, it's, it's, the, the opportunity for improvement, for him to be, to take this top 15 floor that we're saying that he established and improve on it was, I think, apparent, but maybe it wasn't as apparent to Ryan Day. Maybe Ryan Day looked at this and said, no, I think that is the ceiling. And maybe that prompted some of his comments. We are, we, we are forced to sort of speculate here a little bit because um, people around the team this are is- not really talking about this yet, at least not to me. Yeah. And they are, no, and the people no. around McCord on what is a very emotional morning, I'm sure, are not saying much. Kyle McCord did put out a statement on uh, social media. And it did not give, you know, it said kind of the usual things that these farewell edits say, but did not really mm-hmm. provide any insight into what he, um, what was the motivation here, other than saying, I've decided to enter the portal to pursue other opportunities. So I think he will probably have more to say in time. That is not surprising that maybe based on just his personality, but also how you want to handle these things as you're heading out the door, you don't want to look like a, a, a sore loser or a bad uh, egg as you're heading out the, the door or whatever, because you want to appeal to your next destination. And uh, so there's some of that going on here. Um, but I'm sure we'll learn more in the day, coming days and weeks as to what maybe was the, the triggering factor to ultimately send him uh, into the portal. So the thing, the top 15, top 20, because, yeah, he's clearly one of the top 20, top 15 quarterbacks in college football. I think that's a fair thing to say about him as a talent. But the the difference between good and great quarterback are, like, miles apart. Yep. Miles apart. And so that's why when we were having the, that's why I was so against it in the summer. No, no, he's got to be a Heisman Trophy finalist in, in caliber, obviously, because they only take four. So depending on the year, you might not get there just because of what else is there. But sure, the sure. way this offense operates, you have to have C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins at this point. You can't have Todd Beckman. You can't even really have the J.T. Barrett level. Like, you've got to be in that convert. You have to be. He's telling us that by making this decision, but- the way this season played out, he's telling us that you have to be a guy to where when he looks at you and sees how you're progressing, you have the ability to get there. And regard, this is probably mutual. Both sides probably came to this. This probably isn't just heavily leaning one way or the other. Yeah. But from Ryan Day's perspective, he probably looked at this year and probably said, okay, he's a top 20 quarterback. And is he going to get better than just being a top 50, 20 quarterback? Can he hit that other mile? that you need to get to to be the elite first-round draft pick Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback that he has described his quarterbacks to be. And we did a whole pot about it. We don't know if that if Kyle McCord is capable of making that jump. Maybe he is. But this decision, the way Ryan Day talked about him on Sunday, didn't scream, yes, I believe that Kyle McCord can get there one day. Well, and you also mentioned, you know, the, the taking that extra level. I, you guys talked about this, I believe, on the rewatch pod after the after the Michigan game. Like Ohio State's defense, it's quite literally almost impossible for them to improve statistically next year. They were third in the country in yards per play. So, assuming the defense takes a step back and loses some major talent. You don't need, I, I know you guys had this debate already. You don't need to take a step. You probably need to take like three or four steps because the if the defense is going to be a, a diminished version of what this year was, you need to improve to a certain level to keep Ohio State at that 11 and 1, 12 and 0 level. And if the defense isn't going to be that good, the offense has to compensate for that. 
And what, like Stephen was saying, we don't know. Was this a situation where Ryan Day said we need to improve? Was this a situation where Ryan Day said there's going to be an open competition and Kyle McCord didn't like that? Like, we don't know. There's a billion different scenarios out there over how this went down. And I, I just, I look at this and I, I see uh, like an offense that desperately needs to improve because the defense, nothing against the guys that they have coming back. It's just when you're third in the country in yards per play and you allow more than 20 points in a game, I know it was the Michigan game, but you allow more than 20 points, more than 17 points actually, once in a game all season long. It's almost mathematically impossible to improve on some of those numbers. And Ohio State's defense if you take a slight regression back, the offense is going to have to take equal amounts of progression forward. And I just think that there's a big leap that has to come with this quarterback and this quarterback room. And I don't know if you felt Kyle McCord could do that. And we'll know more whenever we find out kind of how this went down and how they view this. But there, there's a lot of moving factors here. But, but here's another thing I keep coming back to. Kyle McCord has the ball in his hands. Driving for the go-ahead mm-hmm. touchdown at Michigan. Like, C.J. Stroud did not have the ball in his hands with a chance to win this game in the final minutes the previous two years against Michigan. And I think this Michigan team might be better than the two Michigan teams he had to play. And Kyle McCord had to go on the road and try mm-hmm. to beat this Michigan team. And he's got the ball in his hands with a chance to do it. And I know that the the interception early in that game um, cost them. I also know that I watched, you know... Um, multiple conference championship games this weekend where people are going crazy about the quarterbacks involved. And some of them are throwing pretty bad interceptions too. Some of which led directly to touchdowns by their opponent. Like we've got to be honest about the, the whole, every side of this. And I'm, I, there is an element here where I'm worried that if you're saying that the only way that Ohio state and, and if, if Ryan day is telegraphing this, that the only way Ohio state can win is if it has one of the like three best quarterbacks in college football every year, then that is a standard that no one can reach. You can't reasonably expect to have that every year without fail in perpetuity. No, you can't. But you also can nip it in the bud when you see that you don't have it. Well, and I think that's what a decision like this is. Is like only you, if you're you, replacing you, it with something that's better. Point. And that, yeah, and that's like part of but, it. That's the other side of this coin. Correct. But Devin Brown the, wasn't the better the, this year. The, Devin Brown was not better no. this year, and we don't know for sure that he will be better. And so far in the transfer portal, we don't see the obvious upgrade. It's a at least one that, that clear... fits Ohio State's style of offense. Well, so no, you're you're. What? It's both ways. Like that's right? kind of where it, I am this it, morning. The, the reasoning, yeah, it's same because uh, it's it's too. It's the reasoning makes total sense, but it can also backfire very quickly here. This could very easily turn into a "be careful what you wish for" situation. The grass isn't always greener on the other side situation, or somebody get hit. Devin Brown could take that step. Lincoln Keenholz, after having a full spring, can take that step. Maybe Aaron Nolan comes in here and has a light show. From day one, it's like, okay, that's our quarterback going forward. I don't, there's not a Justin Fields in the portal right now. There's not. Cam Ward has been thrown out there, and I get it. Some of his highlights look really awesome, but go watch a full Cam Ward game. And that's not to pick on that kid, but it's, it's very boomer bust there. You've already mentioned Dante Moore, Nathan, who didn't, his numbers are not better than Kyle McCord's were last year. And he's also a true freshman stepping into that role. So maybe he grows as well, but also, Ohio State's got to walk a line here of finding the best possible quarterback while also not blowing up its quarterback plan of the future. Because if you bring in a guy who's a multi-year starter for you, then your quarterback room goes, Aaron Nolan's well, probably not coming. You're gonna, I, your quarterback depth goes to, down the drain if you bring the wrong guy here, which coaches think about that, Andrew, so you can't just brush it off. You have to think about what your room no, looks wrong. like and not just, oh, go find the right guy. Because what you don't want is 2019, where you're a Justin Fields injury away from playing basically us at quarterback. And w- which they were very we're close to. Us, Justin Fields got hurt in that Penn State game. But you let's, know, let's have a, some respect yeah, for the guys I would like who, to see us play quarterback. By the way, we're taking this, all okay? of our names out of the running. I am, yeah, yeah, I we're taking not, all of our names out of the running for Ohio State's quarterback. You're this better. Ohio off. State wants me to be the fourth fourth string. I can do it for you. I can just like you know do the signals. <laughs> I'll hold the clipboard line. better than anyone has ever held a clipboard. I'll just do the signals. I'd love to watch you do. I'll make sure Connor Stallions never steals our signs. 
I, I love to watch you. I love to watch you do QB drills next to Jagger Leroux and Gunnar Hoke, and uh, the world can I laugh at it. I would love to. Let's, I think that would make great content let's, for us. Let's that'd be a great respect for guys who just don't happen to be Justin Fields' caliber. That's fair. So, but still, that, it, there is a. They, they were very, we talked about it all year that year, Nathan. How Ohio State sure. was a Justin Fields. Falls off. He used to use it. Falls off the curb, and now all of a sudden, their entire season is ruined. So while I get it, Andrew, yes, you have to go out there and find the best option. Coaches are not just going to let their quarterback rooms blow up for the sake of letting them blow up to bring in one guy. Because if you bring in the wrong transfer, you have to start him immediately, and everything else you have planned down the line just goes down the drain. And what is- if you bring in the right transfer? What if you bring in the guy, the multi-year starter who you think can be like, and by the way, as we say this with the portal, some of this portal stuff can be, you know, some of this portal stuff is, is very weird. Like last week, you know, you see, oh, Riley Leonard's entering the portal and four seconds after he enters the portal, 80 different national people say, oh, expect Notre Dame here. Like some of these things, it, it Even happens. Even though he has a very, contact next yeah, to his name. Exactly. So some of these things can happen very uniquely. So we can talk about guys that are actually in the portal, Dylan Gabriel and Riley Leonard, and we can talk about those guys. But sometimes these things happen where, you know, you will see insert here player is transferring and then expect Ohio State here. So sometimes these things can come out of nowhere. But like to the to the point that I was just making, if you find the right transfer, like let's say you go, like I'm just going to throw a name out here because he's in the portal and we know his name is in the portal. Dante Moore. If, if you get Dante Moore and he becomes a two-year starter for you and is an NFL quarterback that is a first-round talent, I understand the argument that, oh, the room might disintegrate. But if you find the right guy, oh, no. Like, well, like you, you find the right guy, you find the right guy. And, and that's the way that I think sometimes they look at it. Yes, you have to look at it from a negative perspective. Okay, what happens if we don't do this? What happens to, to, to guys transfer? Do guys leave? Do guys do this? Do guys do that? But if you find the right guy, especially at quarterback, like if you find the right guy at quarterback for two years that you think can be a first round level player, I how many times does that happen? Have to let the, well, that that's the thing. If the, if Ohio State staff thinks that they have a first round level player that they can bring in, right? How many right. times has that happened? Uh, of course, uh, you hit that heavy ever on the, in or the portal at Ohio State. Ever at Ohio State? That's happened once at Ohio State. Yeah, it was Justin Fields. That's it. That's yeah. not like the norm to find a multi-year starter who's guaranteed to be a no, first-round draft pick. Well, yeah, but, but they also but, haven't had to do this yet. Yeah, this is also a different era of college football. This wasn't really going on in the '80s and '90s and the the early 2000s. This wasn't, you know, trestle ball wasn't bringing in guys to uh, a transfer to slinging around. You know what I mean? That's fair. And Andrew, you're like you're not yeah. wrong, but the problem is you can't look at only the upside and not see the the considerable risk that's involved in in that sort of move. Oh, and the other thing is that everybody that we're naming here, all of these transfer quarterbacks whose names that we are spilling out here, none of them are going to come to Ohio State to compete for the job. All of these guys yes. would need an assurance up front that they are the starting quarterback yeah. this coming fall. And that's what blows the room up. Mm-hmm. That's where, you I mean, we went into yep. Sunday thinking, and we could have talked about it more actually on the podcast. It's it's It was something we were probably going to have to visit this week was... Mm-hmm. Does Devin Brown stick around for the spring? Devin Brown seemed like the guy who had an immediate decision on his plate of what he wanted to do with his career because he's coming to the end of his second season. He's looking into it at the point at that point was looking into a third year where you have an incumbent starter that you either have to beat out or or spend another year as his backup and then compete for a job after that with the kind of talent that Day is bringing in. I mean, I know why people want to. The I know why people want the Justin Fields to be there that Ohio State could just bring right in and upgrade the room. And I'm not saying that that won't happen because the other thing that we have to mention in this is not only yes, it's true that no like no doubt guys have come into the portal yet. Also, no no doubt job like Ohio State's starting quarterback job has been available yet. Sure. That could change who decides to go in the portal like you're saying Andrew some of these things happen sort of behind the scenes there may be somebody out there who we would consider to be of this level who sees an opportunity at Ohio State you know the, the Justin Fields Ohio State thing was a perfect marriage it was a guy mm-hmm. who was blocked because Georgia maybe didn't handle that the best way 
and knew he was blocked. And then there were some other things that happened there too that maybe helped push him out the door. This is before the portal era, by the way. This is when you still had to like get a waiver and stuff to, to transfer and be eligible immediately. And Ohio State, as Stephen was saying, had Tathan at the time when the when the rumors first started and some other yep. scrubby guys. And the the opportunity was massive for somebody to come in and take a what they knew was going to be the nucleus of a strong team, probably, um, and take it up to another level. And they could someone could conceivably see that at Ohio State and decide that they want to now put their name in the portal when otherwise they might not have because they didn't see the obvious upgrade that was out there for them the way that Ohio State is looking for the mirror image of that, the other side of that coin. So that's something to keep in mind as well. It's just that if you're going to bring in a transfer now and name him the starter now, then Devin Brown has to leave. Like there's, there's no reason for him to stay at that point. And then I think you're right, Steven. I don't know that it means Aaron Olin doesn't come here, depending on how many years of eligibility that quarterback would have. Yeah. Because we've always all along looked at him as like, Hey, really, really talented, but the conventional path would have him competing to start in 25. So if you brought in a guy who has more eligibility, but only starts here for one year and goes off the NFL, Mm -hmm. that's on the table. It would not change the time frame really for either Keenholz or, um, Nolan, I would argue at this point, but it yeah. certainly does deprive you of, of of Devin Brown, and you just have to make sure that what you're doing. I'm not saying it won't, isn't worth doing. I'm saying it absolutely comes with a cost that you have to factor into the equation. Once again, this is happening in real time, so we're correct. You know, a lot of this right now is just speculation. As we the week it's we're recording this at ten thirty in the morning on a Monday after finding out this news at seven thirty in the morning on a Monday. So there hasn't been a lot of time in between to you know collect data and information on this right now. I do wonder though if that's the route they take though is like what Oklahoma did with Jalen Hurts in twenty nineteen, where it's like this one year guy before you get to your guy because you're not starting Spencer Rattler as a freshman. And this is before we knew Spencer Rattler ended up not being all that great. But that that idea of Bring in the transfer. He's got a year. Use him for that year where it doesn't blow up your future quarterback plans, but you still get a guy who can play at a high high level, which is what Jalen Hurts ended up being. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist that year, and he was a second-round draft pick, but now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So clearly that paid off. Devin Brown is going to have a decision regardless of what route they take. Depending on the eligibility here, to your point, Nathan, is going to decide whether or not Lincoln Keenholz has a decision here. I don't think Air Nolan has a decision here unless you bring in to Andrew's part, like a Dante Moore. And it's not a guarantee that he's just a two year and done type of guy. But right now, regardless, and now we were going to get into Devin Brown this weekend, but I guess we can get into it now. And I guess we can really just get into how we think the, the, the Rose Bowl, uh, excuse me, the Cotton Bowl might play out with this quarterback position. Now that Kyle McCord is not in the equation for Ohio State, though he can come back. Though he could enter the transfer yes, portal yes. and still come back. That's that we just have to say that as a fact. That doesn't mean yes. it's going to happen, but it is a fact that that can happen along with everybody else's in the transfer portal. Let's take a quick break, real quick. And then we can come back and we can get to Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, Air Nolan, and the Cotton Bowl and how we think they might handle things going forward here when we get come back here on Buckeye Talk. Get the text 614-350-3315. I'm telling you, man. The text is a great service. When this stuff was happening this morning, that's the first place that we were going with the information was in the text. A little uh, later, because we have respect for people who are sleeping, yeah. but sometimes we pull the trigger when the news is just, is just hot. And sometimes this, you got to go a little earlier than normal. This was the one case where we didn't go immediately to the text because it was so early in the morning. Um, I yeah. we'll, we'll have to revisit that as a staff, whether or not uh, if it's practically pre-dawn, if we should just be sending those texts. Because we try to be respectful of people but this was such a big piece of news maybe it should have gone out earlier than it did but i it was still relatively early in the morning there were probably some people who weren't awake yet when they got that text from us so yeah it was um beyond the beyond the news as as this evolved and we thought we had more context or could add things to it that's where we went with that too it's not just it's not just a piece of breaking news if you never had the text service it's uh hey here's what i think about the 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 transfer like the conversations the conversations you eventually hear us having on the pod a lot of times get a you get a condensed version of those things right to your phone several hours or a day ahead of time so that's just what i would throw out there as a as a as a selling point 614-350-3315 two-week free trial 
through 99 after that. Before we get into the other quarterbacks, Nathan, there were some other transfers uh, in the secondary. Just who were those guys? Who else has Ohio State lost to the transfer portal between the last time we sat down to record a pod and right now? Well, what's funny is I had uh, scheduled a text to go out at like 9 a.m. this morning, which again is earlier than we usually send it out to wrap people up on all the transfer portal stuff that happened as I was trying to write other things. I was up very late. Sunday night into Monday morning, writing things because I kept getting delayed by having to write about Ohio State people going into the portal. Uh, Parker Lewis, the kicker, went in the portal. That He had kind of become sort of an afterthought anyway because Jaden Fielding had won the job. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, do they put Fielding on scholarship? Do they use that scholarship somewhere else? I don't know. Um, kind of kind of a, a side note. But then, yes, we're down to one. Sonny Styles is now the only defensive back who signed for the 2022 class who is still in this program so not even two full years later everybody else has cycled out uh, ryan turner had gone in the portal while we were on the pod on sunday and then um jair brown fellow cornerback also went in the porter and in Kai, portal and then kai stokes also went in the portal and those last two so ryan turner we were kind of like hey that makes sense like mm-hmm. you know it seems like he might be kind of blocked you know good luck to him uh Brown and Stokes surprised me a little bit. Now, Brown, there's it, it, maybe it should have told us something that I forgot to mention him when we were talking about the reasons that Ryan Turner was kind of blocked, potentially, from a 2D role, which should tell you that Brown may also have been on the outside of that looking in, depending on what these, you know, what just how much Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson Hunt had uh, progressed as true freshmen. I don't know if this also tells us that he knows what, Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock are planning. That's just a thing to keep in the back of your mind that if one of those guys has met, let it be known that he's maybe not ready to go to the NFL, then that makes it even tougher to, to climb up the depth chart, obviously. But Brown had such a good freshman season and we were re- all really impressed with him. And so were the coaches, like we would ask them and they were kind of very effusive in their praise. He got pushed into a tough spot, having to start his second game ever in the big 10 opener against Wisconsin and held his own and, Looked like he was going to be a guy that would just be a part of the room long term. And I don't know that he was ever going to to grow into a starter, but you could see him growing into part of that rotation and being a, and helping solidify that position. And this past year had basically no role. And that reversal of that momentum may have been a thing that prompted him to look somewhere else. And And all those things are true of Kai Stokes, but even more so. I mean, he was the first freshman to lose his black stripe in the spring of 2022 so the first of the early enrollees came in made a huge splash at a time when frankly there was a room to make a splash in that safety room right and he did so played several games last year as a true freshman we all thought even as they were bringing in you know josh proctor makes a surprising decision to come back for a sixth year they bring in jihad carter from syracuse uh, you know, uh, obviously Sonny Styles is already here. They start talking about cross-training cornerbacks, maybe at nickel. Even through all that in the preseason, we thought, well, but Kai Stokes is still hanging around. Like, there's still, like, there's a there's a future here for him. He looked so good as a freshman. And then he had no role this year. And a lot of it was, again, because of those people I just mentioned. Two things, I would say. Josh Proctor came back for his sixth year and stuck. And that was the first time he had stuck. And that was a that changed the dynamic in that room, and also Malik Hartford and the the debut that he made and came on. And now you can look at that room and you're like, okay, well next year at those back safeties, you're looking at maybe Jihad Carter, but definitely Malik Hartford. And I still think this is a position now where Ohio State has to even more so be involved, probably in the portal. I had ranked them in like the top half of positions where they probably needed. Uh, to look for portal help just from a depth standpoint. I think that's even more true now than it was before. Uh, but for whatever reason, like that second, that next step that you thought might've pushed for real playing time didn't happen. And it was there to be taken. Like Proctor was hurt at one point, obviously Lathan Ransom got hurt late in the season and they always kept turning to, to Malik Hartford sort of jumping right over Kai Stokes. And if you looked ahead to the future and you didn't see, if you always saw that you were going to be bumping your head on a, a starter that has from a younger class, I guess that's why you look to move on to. Yeah. That's two guys that got jumped. Jaira Brown was once the first member of the Ohio State 2022 class when he was still living in New Orleans before he moved back home to Cincinnati. So that's, but I mean, it's, 
it's another hit at the depth, but to your point, Nathan, I mean, the top of the room still feels pretty solidified, both of those spots, with Sonny Styles coming back, Willie Carford coming back, Jahad Car- Carter coming back. And we're saying all this, we're recording this Monday morning, so we don't know if anything else has changed as we're recording this. Other things could be happening. We do know this. We're in transfer portal season, and a lot could be happening. But right now, the room still looks pretty bright for both the safety and the cornerback room with, as I mentioned, Malik Harford, Sonny Styles, uh, Jihad Carter, and then the cornerback spot. Regardless, Davis and Nick Benoson is back for year three and year two in this program with Jermaine Matthews and, and Calvin Simpson Hunt. Okay. I'm not even going to touch the Parker Lewis part of this because that's just another. Like, okay, Parker filming. Anyway, let's get back to the quarterback situation. Andrew, I'll start with you. How should Ohio State handle the quarterback situation for the Cotton Bowl with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz? <laughs> Again, we're recording this Monday morning, and uh, we don't know who else is going to enter the transfer <laughs> portal. Um, because I mean, I th- I mean, I think what you I, I said the on the pod that now is kind of remarkably outdated that you should play two. I still think you play two. Um, I still think you play Devin Brown and Keenholz, but I also kind of understand that. Look, you bring in a guy, and you guys were talking about it earlier. A dude is not coming here if he's being told you're going to be, oh, maybe you'll be the starter. Like, this is a job that you're going to want to come in and start at. And what does that do to Devin Brown? Like, does Devin Brown want to hang around for the bowl game if, if that's the case? I, I don't know. So, right now, as we say this, I would say you play Devin Brown, you try to get Lincoln Keenholz some work because I I don't know if the worry would be there with Lincoln Keenholz unless you bring in a guy who's going to be in his second year. Um, so I, I think you just approach it as you're playing two and depending on who the guy that you're almost certainly bringing in now in the transfer portal to compete or outright start I, I think that it just kind of depends on who's going to go, and I think that's why you have to play two of them. So I would play both. I, I think you hit on something that is a tricky part of this dynamic, which is yeah. how quickly, if Ohio State does go in the portal for a quarterback, how quickly do they pull the trigger on that? Because it doesn't... It may be, uh, maybe, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Because either way, if Devin Brown is going to leave, why wouldn't he want this audition in the Cotton Bowl to be his chance to show people yeah. what he is. And frankly, he kind of probably needs to if he was going to leave immediately because I don't know if anybody's looked. The portal's pretty full of quarterbacks right now. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of guys. I was just reading. A, uh, somebody had posted a thread on this talking about how the, the day three NFL draft quarterback market right now is taking a hit because a lot of those guys are just going in the portal and looking to for another opportunity and you can stay in college for another year, make okay money with NIL and try to come back next year with a better draft profile guys who are later in their careers. And that's an interesting way to look at this. So it's getting kind of crowded in there. And I think either way, my assumption as it stands right now is that Devin Brown is the starter and a big part of Maybe the maybe the sole part of Ohio State against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl, and it's not because they don't want to. It has nothing to do on your on the on with, with where Lincoln Keenholz stands, really, other than the fact that he is still pretty raw, is still very inexperienced, and Ohio State wants to win that game. Ohio State sees great benefit to winning that game on that stage, and potentially improving its final standing in college football this year. And it's not as if giving Devin Brown a full game audition doesn't have great benefits too. If that is the guy who ends up having to be your starter going into next year, there are still a lot of moving parts here. I just think if you're going to use Keenholz, I guess what I could see and this whole time that we've talked about, you know, Devin Brown being the more mobile between him and Kyle McCord. This is kind of a weird wrinkle to think about. Like they were closer, I would say, then Brown is maybe even the Keenholz. Like Keenholz is the one who's the more athletic of the He's quarterbacks. The best athlete. He's Easily. the best athlete of these Easily. quarterbacks. So would you then just promote Devin Brown to Kyle McCord and then make Lincoln Keenholz the new <laughs> Devin Brown and run kind of a red zone package with Lincoln Keenholz? Like I could see something like that to just get to showcase some of, of, of his talents. But as I sit here right now, this morning, when everything is still very raw, 
As soon as this happened, my assumption was, well, assuming Devin Brown's ankles are okay, and I think that's not an, 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 something we should assume is correct this morning, just because he had so much problems with him down the stretch, but assuming his ankles are healthy enough for him to play, that he is the guy for the Cotton Bowl. I think Devin Brown needs to use this Cotton Bowl to show Wild House he doesn't need to go find another quarterback. I think that's what this should I, be for him. I, I don't completely, sure, completely disagree. That's a ways off, though. Like you, you might have to have your answer by the time the Cotton Bowl rolls around. Oh no, so no I don't no, no. know. I'm not saying just the game. I'm not. I saying, mean, the I'm practices matter too, of course. But yeah, I don't know yeah, how like, much that's going to change like, people's minds. I, I mean, this is still Ohio State. I, I don't. I, and right now, as we're saying that, there, there's not a surefire hit in the transfer portal. Sure. Like, given the way this is going, I mean, this is Monday as we're recording this pod again. So a lot can change over the next couple of weeks here with the transfer portal, especially as teams wrap up their seasons. There might be quarterbacks who are starting for other teams right now in bowl games who might end up in the transfer portal because that's where that's just where we are with this portal at that point. So I, I don't think they're going to – unlike the, the staff and some of the decisions they need to make there, I don't think they need to make this decision nearly as quickly as they did, do with the staff. They can probably take their time a little bit more than when they do with the staff. So Devin Brown – if I'm Devin Brown, I'm looking at this like I got 30 days to show this program why they don't need to go find another guy. They don't need to go find another starter because I'm the guy. This is I got 30 days here and I got a bowl game at the end of this because we can either get out of that cotton bowl and be looking at Devin Brown like, oh, he's ready. He's ready. Give him a full offseason. He's ready to go in a way that maybe he just wasn't ready yet in year two because he was also a bit of a late bloomer, if you remember. That wasn't immediate five-star status for that guy either. So he might just be awesome and we're, we're ready. We're, if this could be like how C.J. Stroud used the Rose Bowl in 2021 to you know, put, push himself into a different conversation heading into that next offseason. Or it could be more of what we've already seen from Devin Brown, even in small sample sizes. And we're even more in a state of like, oh, the answer is not just that it wasn't Kyle McCord. The answer might not be on the roster right now. And that's a different conversation to be having. But Devin Brown can answer a lot of those questions over the next 30 days here. It's, it's difficult to assess as we sit here right now because, yes, he has these 30 days to do that. Well, it's actually only 25 from the time we're recording this. But he had eight months to show he was better than Kyle McCord and didn't do it. And he wasn't a true freshman anymore. He was a guy who'd been in. So, you know, second year guy, a lot of all over college football, second Mm -hmm. year guys can can do that. And he couldn't beat out Kyle McCord, who now we are looking at as the guy who didn't have enough of whatever Ohio State's looking for to because if he if if Ryan Day wanted him to stick around, I think he probably would have stuck around like we we don't we again, we don't have the full story here from McCord. This may have been a completely his decision against Ohio State's wishes. We don't know that 100% yet. But there, so there's, there's reason to question whether Brown is ready for that. At the same time, I don't think anybody's ever questioned the underlying talent that he has. The combination of arm strength, mobility, um, that he's, you know, that he, he can become a good college quarterback. Uh, but I think we just always were unsure whether it was going to happen soon enough for it to be at Ohio state. And that, I think that that conversation was accelerated when he didn't win the starting job in the preseason. Cause now you're waiting until your third year at best. And with McCord coming back, it looked like then it wasn't going to be him. So I'm obviously like everyone intrigued by what a full game of Devin Brown will look like. We've never seen it unless you saw him in playing college or high school. I mean, We've never seen it. So Mm -hmm. that is a very intriguing thing that's hanging out there right now as it relates to the Cotton Bowl. Um, But do I, it, it, can he do enough in the next three weeks to get to where he would like thrive in that game and leave a no doubt uh, message as to who the starting quarterback is for 2024? I, that I'm skeptical of. I think he can put himself in the front runner position, but that all depends also on who they're talking about bringing in. He can definitely separate from, you can definitely have a good enough game there to be like, okay, like that 
we understand that that is probably things that Lincoln Keenholds can't do yet in his career and that Aaron Nolan might not be able to step right in and do. And now give him another eight months of development, eight months of his own healthy ankles, eight months of putting a better infrastructure in front of him with an offensive line. Now yeah. you can start to see some of those same things that we were saying about Kamal Court apply to Devin Brown. But as far as like walking out of there being like mic drop, that seems less likely to me. And the, you know, the, the thing that has to come into play here too is you do, I, I like, I understand what Steven's saying, but you do kind of have to move with a little bit of urgency because this is, I mean, it's a game of musical chairs is what the transfer portal market at quarterback is. And at some point the music's going to stop. And at some point, everybody's going to get their guy. And at some point, because not everybody is going to be in a situation like Ohio State, some teams are looking at it saying, come on in, we need you. I mean, like, I'm just throwing out an example here to, you know, to show how this can happen. Oregon State lost both of their quarterbacks because their coach left. Like, think about other situations around the country where a number one guy can leave and there is just a very clear opening. And it, you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're sitting around waiting or you're sitting around talking. I, I would bet you that they kind of know where they're at, because if you're waiting a little bit too long, what happens if Riley Leonard ends up at Notre Dame and, and Ward ends up at Oregon and, and um, I'm trying to think who Dante Moore ends up somewhere else. And, and then you're kind of sitting around going, we just missed a couple of guys that we could have been talking to because we were waiting on Devin Brown. Like, I think you kind of have to have your answer sooner rather than later. But that's assuming that they want those guys anyway. Maybe they've already looked at those. They might have already looked at those guys. And once again, all of this is two sides. Yes, sure, the guy that you want, but you also could have looked at those guys and already said no. Right, of course. So that's not even relevant anymore. That oh, those guys are out of the portal because they weren't looking at them anyway. But the guy that the guy that you do want, you don't want him to end up at somewhere else because you're you're you know. Uh, you're playing chicken, trying to wait and see with Devin Brown. Like you do kind of got to identify who you want and, and go after him. I think eventually sooner rather than later. We can also safely say that this wasn't triggered by Ryan day going in to come accord and saying, I'm definitely starting Devin Brown next year. Right. Like yeah, that. So for sure. it's not like that. It's not like he was at, at a stature where that was on the table. Like I thought it made a lot of sense. I wrote it like, Coming out of the game, looking ahead to next year already, Ohio State was going to have to reassess the current talent in that room. It, it Each of those guys deserved that um, consideration. Like mm-hmm. Devin Brown was had done enough, had been here for two years, had pushed Kyle McCord, according to Ryan Day's evaluation, had pushed him into the season as the potential starting quarterback. So you have to take another look at him after another year of development when it comes around to the spring, assuming he sticks around. Lincoln Keenholz had come here and has a different skill set that was, I think, worth evaluating. When you look at ways that Ohio State's quarterback play might have lacked, whether that's Kyle McCord's fault or not. And then Aaron Nolan coming in with a completely different kind of skill set, really. I mean, this you know mobile, but with that super quick release and a guy who could just change the dynamic of the quarterback position for you. Like all those guys deserved a look as the starter, even if you still had McCord as the incumbent and they were going to have to beat him out. So that always made sense to me that you couldn't. That was, the, and I said this on the pod that we had that very confusing pod that we did Sunday night, that it made sense to me that Ryan Day would say, Well, I'm not going to tell you right now who's going to start on opening day 2024. Like we have a lot of other good quarterbacks in this room. But, why do you think I recruited it this way? I mean, he didn't say it like that, but that's that's how I was reading between the lines. Um, it was more the immediate, like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do in three weeks. That was what put up flags. I'm just trying to cover all bases here. And you're right. We it, The combination of, it, it's not like Devin Brown was lighting the world on fire in his small reps back when they were b- playing both of them early in the year, though it was clearly Comicor's job. And Devin Brown was playing more of a spot role in those situations. But also, he got hurt in the middle of the year, which took a package off the table that they could have used him in. And so, maybe he just looked like a guy who was early in his career getting his first real meaningful snaps. And it could have gotten better through the year. Because that's what happened with CJ. That's what happened with Justin. And even if, if Kyle didn't take the leap to Heisman Trophy level, but... I think we can all agree that week 12 Kyle was better than week one Kyle. I think that's a fair assessment there. So what if 
Ryan Day just picked the wrong quarterback at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that's not a possibility at this right. point. No, I think that's a fair thing to throw out as a conversation topic because Ryan Day very clearly laid out to us because we asked it from a number of different angles, right? We even asked specifically as it related to Brown and McCord, like, well, if they're if they're right on top of each other, if it really is that close, mm-hmm. and if Brown is for stretches winning this job, why don't you take the younger guy? Mm-hmm. I specifically asked him that at some point in the preseason, like in a press conference. And he said, no, in that case, you lean to the older guy. And I think because I think for in Ryan Day's head, and, and maybe we're getting to a bigger topic of conversation here, that it gets to what you're saying. Because I think Ryan Day has to reevaluate the way he looks at a lot of things. We certainly called on him to look at his decision to still be the play caller, his decision to mm-hmm. make staff changes and how he how he organizes his coaching staff like we've asked him to reevaluate those things sort of called on him to and this might be another one like does when he looks back on that decision did he make the safer choice which might have made decision good sense in this in the at the time just as running the clock down to kick a 52 yard field goal at the end of the first half against Michigan made sense in real time but if he had chosen the other guy it would have been sloppier, but the upside would have been greater, and he that it might have led to something more. I don't know the answer to that, but I that's where we sit at this point. That's the that is he was talking about second guessing as it related to those decisions that he made against Michigan and how mm-hmm. you just kind of have to live with the second guessing, and that it's not the second guessing that bothers him; it's the the loss and the players who miss out on what it's like to win the game and that sort of thing. This will be another version of that second guessing. It's already happening. It has been happening all season. There were people who have been adamant that that he picked the wrong quarterback. And I don't think we ever saw that in the glimpses we saw in the spring or in preseason camp or when Devin Brown got to play in games. I didn't look at that and say, that's they clearly made the wrong decision. That guy, look at him. He's tearing it up. What are they doing? Like We never, ever, ever saw that, I don't think. So it was all it was all a speculation about what Brown's skill set was related to what McCord's skill set was. But in terms of actual execution, we never saw it. But that that is going to be out there. And Ryan Day's what can you do? Like there's no you can't take it back down. You made the decision you did. The only question is what decision goes forward. And more to the point, like what did you do with Devin Brown in these past three months since the start of the year, four months that helped him be the quarterback you might need him to be at the start of 2024 because he wasn't good enough to be your guy at the start of 2023. He might be the guy you have to start at the beginning of 2024. Is he going to be ready then? That's the other part of this equation that, you know, Ryan Day gets some benefit of the doubt because it went from Haskins to, to Fields to Stroud. And the Stroud thing is obviously working out in, a, in an impressive way, both in college and in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I also, I'm going to push back a little bit on a narrative that I think that's out there is that Kyle McCord failed this year, like on his own. Like there's a whole quarterback apparatus here that goes into making Kyle McCord the quarterback he is, and that goes into making Devin Brown the quarterback he is, and and developing that whole room. And that didn't get to where Ohio State wanted it to be this year. And it's not all all of the blame for that can't be inside Kyle McCord's skin. Especially when there's three people who have who are sh- cooking in that kitchen. At three least. People. Three people cooking. At least three people cooking. It's too many chefs in the kitchen. Tom Ford thanked one of all three of coach, the coaches. One of them, you're paying. All three in of his, them. In his statement. It's, it's, it's just. Day, Dennis, and Fish. Like, once again, man, how many people do you need to teach one quarterback? How many people? Well, I mean, now, credit. Not... This is only an issue. Uh, yeah, and the, the, we're, we're pointing out a little bit more this year because it, it wasn't as great. Because C.J. Stroud had the same exact apparatus and he, and he dropped it. So it's it's if both ways. It, it can look ridiculous, but just like the decision to start Kyle McCord, if Kyle McCord, if if to your point, Nathan, if Donovan Jackson doesn't get blown by on the line of scrimmage and Kyle McCord completes that pass to Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe we're talking about a different conversation if they go down and score that touchdown, or maybe Andrew or not, right? Like maybe they get to the playoff, and maybe they lose a playoff game. Maybe they don't win a national championship, and this happens anyway. 
does it does this feel like this was on the table regardless of how the season finished that Ohio State was going to be in the market for looking for another quarterback regardless of how this season finished or was this a result of they lost to Michigan for a third straight year and their quarterback didn't always look great during the year I don't know the answer to that question I I you know I I don't know because like I'm we know how much a Michigan win would mean to Ryan Day and Ohio State. Like we saw Ryan Day wearing that on Sunday. Like when we talked to him, we like he was still kind of just this he was not happy. <laughs> like, right? Like he was he knew the questions that he was gonna get asked and that played into it too, but like I, I he was just not happy. So like I, you wonder how much the Michigan loss kind of plays into it. Um, you know, because if you beat Michigan I mean, everybody's happy all the time, but the need for a quarterback would still be there because if everything else happened the way that it did, Ohio State would be the number one seed and they would be getting ready to play Alabama right now. And that's a, I don't know if you've heard, but Alabama has this coach called Nick Saban, who's pretty good at what he does when he has a month to prepare for people. And I, I don't know, because you look at that situation and say, all right, if Alabama just completely just whips Ohio State's offense in in the Rose Bowl or in whatever bowl that would have been, like, does that change things? I don't know the answer to that question. And I I think it's a good question to ask because, like, I what did I say yesterday on the pod? This is a results-based business, and but sometimes you kind of have to look at the process too. Well, I... I don't know. Like, I think sometimes you have to look at the process too, because was Ohio State not looking at a transfer quarterback and then Kyle McCord throws the interception on the last drive of the game and Ryan Day is walking off the field going, all right, well, now we have to get a transfer quarterback. I bet you this was the seed was kind of planted in some people's minds early on that this might be a possibility at least. So I don't think that you can say that it happened because of it. But I also, I also just kind of look at this and see a situation that maybe, but it's, it's a difficult question. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I know how to answer that one. I'm going to have to Nathan, think that. Do you think this might've been on the table regardless of how the season finished out? No. I mean, if they had won the national championship, I don't think he's leaving. He's getting in the portal the next day, which is essentially mm-hmm. the time frame we're looking at here. Um, yeah. But if he had won the national championship, which means maybe he doesn't make the mistake. I, I, it's, it's just that I keep coming back to like Ryan Day was asked point blank. Sunday night, was your quarterback play good enough this year? And he kept coming back to, well, we didn't win the we didn't win the game. Like we didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. and. It certainly sounds to me like he's putting more of that on quarterback play than he than maybe I would have, because it doesn't seem to take into yeah. account any of the quarterback play that put them in position to also be able to win the game at the end of that game. And I know that that's a slippery slope a, a little bit, but I also think it's it's fair. And he he was you know he he had the opportunity to say. Yes, it was. I wish we'd been able to put a better offensive line in front of Kyle. Or yes, I wish Kyle had been able to be fully the quarterback he could have been if he hadn't hurt his ankle. Or um, I wish Emeka Book had never gotten hurt. That really turned... He had a chance to say all those things and didn't. Like he very much was saying, you know, because we didn't get it done, everything has to be evaluated. Now, that may have... in, in, in In real time... Maybe I didn't go far enough into reading into how specifically he was talking about quarterback when he said that, because it was the way he was answering a lot of questions that, you know, everything is on the table for evaluation at this point because we weren't good enough this year. We're not in the playoff. Everything has to be evaluated, including me. That's kind of the message a lot of coaches send there. But more than, you know, by the time we woke up this morning, it was pretty obvious that Ryan Day, um, you're right, that I think that this was whatever led to this point 
was probably not just what he said Sunday, that this was already probably going, it was already rolling in on one side or the other, and that was maybe just the thing that nudged it across the line. The more I think about what he said and what sparked it, what this, this comment I'm going to make now is what you just said about the quarterback play, and I wish he would have put better things around him if he had had a healthy like, – he never said any of that stuff. He never had the reasonable excuse the same way he had for CJ when they lost with CJ, right? There was never the, we put too too much on Kyle McCord's plate. And with CJ Stroud, that was his way of telling us that this is not on CJ. CJ did his part. Everybody else didn't do their part. And that's why we lost this game. Even when we were questioning, hey, would you take a look at the other quarterbacks? No, no, no. He's not why we lost, whether it's the Oregon game, whether it's the Michigan games, or it's the Georgia games. C.J. Stroud did exactly what was required of him in every single one of those games. We didn't lose because of him. That message, that tone, never came out of Ryan Day's mouth this year when talking about Kyle McCord, especially on Sunday when you're going, do you think you got enough out of your quarterback play? The answer was not, yeah, we just put too much on Kyle McCord's play. It's because... but it wouldn't I, have been true this time around the way right. it would have been true with C.J. Stroud. No, it was legitimate that's, with C.J. And I think like, that's the I think, and that's what it comes back to here of it, 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 whether it's fair or not. This is the standard. If you put C.J. Stroud on this team right now, this team probably wins a national championship because C.J. Stroud doesn't make that mistake against Michigan. He doesn't make the mistake against Penn State, even if it didn't huh. cost him. He doesn't make the mistake. He just doesn't make those mistakes. While also his ceiling is so high that. In a results-based business, we can say, oh, Donovan Jackson getting blown by on the line of scrimmage and Kyle McCord having a player in his face is why that throw to Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't completed and why their season's over. Well, you know, like, <laughs> C.J. Stroud probably would have diagnosed that in, in pre-snap. Justin Fields would have solved it with his legs. And, that's, and I know that a lot of this is not fair, but we're talking about a standard that's already not fair that Ryan Day has put out there publicly that that's the standard. So we have to address it that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the things that he said specifically that they put on C.J. Stroud's plate in that Oregon game, for instance, two games into his freshman year, sophomore year, first year as a starter, was a bad defense and a inefficient running game that held them back. Yep. And what did... Ohio State have this year, especially in the second half of the year, you had a defense that seemed to get mm-hmm. better every week. I mean, the defense, as you were saying, Andrew, like unquestionably one of the best. I've been meaning to write a post kind of like, well, the defense still wasn't good enough to win the game. So now what for Ohio State? Because they were like by every metric, like legitimately one of the handful of the very best defenses in the country this year. Just as we they I would say the defense when we were speculating about this team coming into the year, the defense may have even surpassed what we thought it might have been able to accomplish this year. And in the running game, the second half of the year, you had Trevian Henderson running like a Heisman candidate. So both of those boxes were checked off. And that's the thing that you do keep coming back to. It's like, well, we said before the year that if you gave them all of those things, then Comicore didn't have to be great. And then they gave them all of those things with still some offensive line issues and protection issues, which again came crashing down on him on the most important pass attempt of the year. So can't forget that. But I, I get the evaluation here. It's, it's a tough business. That's what they signed up for. That's what Kyle McCord signed up for to some extent is to, to, that he knows the standard was this high. He was reaching for that standard. And by all accounts, anybody I've ever talked to is that he worked hard to get to that standard. People inside the program, people who've been around him, like all he wanted was to be the next great starting quarterback at Ohio State. And this year he was merely the next great, pretty good, really good quarterback at Ohio State. And mm-hmm. as we said, like that's just, that doesn't, if you don't win that game with it, then you get what his last week probably was, which was probably horrible. So that was a, pre, a pretty meaty emergency pod. We'll continue to talk about this all week because things are changing. And this is an interesting conversation, especially as we will probably take some deep dives into Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholst at some point this week now because we have to at this point because that's the most important thing is how's Ohio State going to handle this quarterback situation going into this Cotton Bowl. But that's to wrap up this. It's Ohio State has created an unrealistic standard at the starting quarterback position. 
And because of that, really good isn't enough. As we've seen on the uh, with how this season has played out, and as we're seeing with while Kyle McCord is in the portal right now. So they have to find the next guy who's going to meet that unrealistic standard. Maybe that guy is on the roster right now with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz. Maybe that guy will get here in January with Aaron Nolan, or maybe you find a transfer quarterback. But when you create an unrealistic standard and you recruit the position the way you do, you have to find ways to attain that unrealistic standard, even if it's crazy to try to get there. But that'll wrap up this pod. Get the text 614-350-3315 as we're finding out more information as things continue to trickle out. We'll be texting at first, two-week free trial, three ninety-nine. after that, 614-350-3315. For Nathan Baird and for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.